to Die Hard Minute. Uh, I am Rob from Tombstone Minute, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Joe, also from Tombstone Minute. Is that so? We say that still. That's well. We you know I don't know minute which minute. Oh, minute fifty one. No, no, like well, yeah, it's minute fifty one. But what, like, which minute are we most proud of? We should rep that. I think the fact that we've done 130 plus episodes of Tombstone Minute and one episode of Titanic Minute means we have to say Tombstone for now. That's fair. But this will be weird cuz now we have to talk about a movie that's good. <laughs> but 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 Joe, I did some uh, uh, some statistical analysis and I can assure you that there will be more episodes of Titanic Minute than Tombstone Minute when it's all said and done. How did you run that you ran that through your supercomputer i took uh the actual film and i just and i just lined it out in my yard yeah what what we did is we figured out the speed at which film goes through a projector then rob had me run at that speed mm-hmm. and we saw how long it would take yeah it took uh, it took almost it took over three hours yes but joe today we aren't we aren't talking about titanic or tombstone we had to take a break from all of that okay and as you said, a great movie. We get to talk about Die Hard, specifically Minute 51 of Die Hard. And for our listeners, in Minute 51, our hero, John McClane, is hanging out in a ventilation shaft. Uh, and it ends with the iconic scene of him turning on his lighter. <laughs> Doesn't sound make it sound very cool. It is pretty cool, though. It's like cool for like if you're in first grade. Like I, I, I flicked on a lighter. Lighter. Let's let's start at the beginning here. Start at the okay. beginning of this minute. Um, he is hanging from the strap of his gun, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I don't think we should ever criticize movies for, uh, especially action films, for their realism. But this is it's too bad that like our first second of doing this uh, podcast is. Like and just an absurd moment of like him just hanging off like some plastic clip attached to a gun, wedged the same same strap, the same kind of strap as my JanSport backpack. Yes. (laughs) Um, but you know, back to the realist thing, it it doesn't work out. But it, yeah, but it was supposed to work. Like the stuntman wasn't supposed to fall. Yeah, I had that in my notes too. Yes, when uh, when we see when we see him fall, uh, the stunt man who was doing this actually fell too far. Like he actually fell, and that's why uh, they actually used that. It's cool. Yep, your movie by minute uh, podcast host listened to the commentary track, so you don't have to. Oh, look at you! I just read articles on the internet. Oh, well, um, well. This brings me to a thing I've been thinking about a lot on this on our week, and I want you to help me because I've racked my brain on this. Okay, help me figure out what is happening on each floor of the plaza. I don't know. What do you mean? Well, floor thirty is where the party's at. We can agree on that. I mean, they that's sort of. I honestly have no idea. Okay, well, here's here's what I figured First, out. you need to convince me why this is important for me to participate. Because the question I have for you, Joe, is how many floors does he fall until he grabs on? Oh. Uh, right? It's one or two. I think it's no, just one. 
No, I, I don't. I think that it alternates. So when he's hanging from the strap, his he's trying to hang down far enough. So he's hanging down because he's he's hanging down and he's trying to go to the right. And the reason he's going down to the right is because the way the shaft works is it's every other floor. So the roof is on floor thirty-five. That's where he's he comes down from, and then he's hanging down and below his feet. But out of reach is 33, and he's trying to reach across over to 34, I think. Okay. Um, Which I guess would mean that when he falls, he gets to 32 since they alternate. But I'm pretty sure he ends up on floor 31 narratively. All this is a long way of saying I think it's 30 is the party, 31 is the boardroom, 32 is under construction, 33 is the computer lab, which we haven't seen yet, and 35 is the roof. Okay. I think that's what we have. Okay. I Hopefully no one before us went through that. And <laughs> Okay. I feel like I'm the only one ultimately interested in this. Correct. But I think it's important because this movie does a really great job of using space. Like the architecture space of this building is is the one of the most important characters in the in the movie in some ways. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, you know, what I was thinking about with this minute is uh, about how well edited this film is. I think that's it's by far its biggest strength. And and there's a neat little moment in in this minute when um, the strap is just about to run out on the clip of the. Uh, I don't know, I guess you'd call it a clip of that gun. Yeah. And um, just as you think it's going to fall off, it cuts to one of the guys opening the door with a click. So it, the sound of the door opening is, is, is almost identical to the sound you'd expect that strap to make when it runs out. Uh, that, so it's like a cool little like kind of false, I don't want to say scare, but like a little fake out that they do with the editing. And there's just this movie's full of little things like that. I, I, rewatching it, uh, I was really impressed by the editing. It, it, it's about as good as it gets for the genre, I think. Yeah, and even even um, it does a really good job of the momentum constantly continues. So like you know, if uh, if the camera is panning one way in a direction, when it cuts to the next shot, it'll be moving in the same direction. So it sort of feels like you're constantly in movement, even if you're just like doing a scene change. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and like for a 1988 release like it's way it's way ahead like that's sort of common now in action movies but i don't i don't feel like that's you know the case that much pre die hard i don't think enough movies use this kind of restrict, restricted space where people are are trapped in an environment like this yeah because like so like so many great action movies are like that where or just great movies period where everything's going to happen in this confined space and you as a filmmaker have to live up to the challenge of making that visually compelling so in this movie they you know they make every floor has it's like kind of like a video game its own distinct sort of landscape yeah and environment i was also weirdly while i was watching this thinking about speed a lot mm. which you should right because the cinematographer that's the movie he directed oh i didn't even know that yeah uh, John Day Bont, or whatever you say his name, I think the first movie he directed was Speed. 
and and I, I mean I'll continue, but like especially in these ventilation and elevator areas, it's very very visually similar to speed. Yeah, speed. You're stuck on that either in that bus or in like weird little Dennis Hopper's like computer lair or wherever yeah. he is during them. It's been a while since I've seen it, but but yeah, it's pretty neat. And and you can. I honestly didn't know that it was the the same guy, but I, I yeah. can definitely see it. Um, so we have in this minute we have you know John hanging, and then we have Carl, who I looked up his uh, last name, Carl Vresky, uh, looking for him. <laughs> Carl Hungus. Yeah, <laughs> and I think Carl's upset about the death of his brother Tony. It's fair. Um, and since we're coming off Tombstone Minute, where we had to count sort of the kill count for our quote-unquote heroes, uh, I think it's important to say so far it's only at one for John. That will change it's, soon. It will It will change soon. Not during our minutes, spoilers, but it will change soon. Um, do you have anything else before we get into the actual ventilation shaft? Yeah, let's go in the shaft. Let's get in the shaft. Let's get in the shaft. Um, so he's crawling around. He kind of just gets in there, and he turns on the lighter, which is, uh, like I said when we started, incredibly iconic. I was curious if you have seen the Christmas ornament based off this. No. What? There is a DIY um, Christmas ornament that you can make. It's it's pretty simple to do. Essentially, you take, like, um, some, like, silver cardstock... And then you fold it so it's a it's like a you know a cube with like one open end so it's a square with an open end in it. Okay. And then you uh, print off a picture of him in the ventilation shaft, and then you sort of like put it in that hole so it's curved with him in there, and then you hang it from your tree, and it looks like a little John McClane cr- climbing through a ventilation shaft on your tree. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I actually first found out about this last year. Um, I think on an internet website, Joe, and uh, <laughs> I, and uh, you can. I was going to make one, and I didn't because, as simple as it sounds, that I just told you, it seemed way too difficult for me. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you need a printer. <laughs> who yeah. has who has one of those? No, I yeah, and then and then that means I have to go and print it at work, which that's not that's a, that has to violate company policy. Um, I. I Rob, hope not. Do you don't get fired from your job? Just well, type I, it if you do it at work and you use a printer for non-work purposes. <laughs> but you need to tell me. Type it in the chat box. Well, I have a question for you. What is this? If you ever, if you ever printed off something at work, of that you that was not work related. Of like, course not. So like, <laughs> never like tickets that you had or something. You would never print those off. I always go to the local library. And pay yep. fifteen cents to print them. I would I will never, ever do something like that. Well, Joe, as an educator, I feel like it's important that you follow the rules. What if Hans Gruber is breaking into this office building just to steal all the toner cartridges because <laughs> they're so overpriced? <laughs> yeah. What if? What if that's what was actually in the vault? That's how it should end. Is he opens the vault up and there's just like a bunch of like HP toner cartridges, and he's, he's like, like, "Yes, don't forget the color ones. Those are more expensive." <laughs> Like those, it would never get traced, right? I think, I think print cartridges are untraceable. Yeah, what a great idea for crime! 
You steal toner cartridges, print cartridges, and sell them on eBay. This is pre-eBay, though, so you probably... um, But even now, though, it's a great idea, Joe. Great idea. All right, well, someone can have that idea for free. (laughs) Just just send me some. (laughs) If you send me a bunch of free, like, cartridges, I'll buy a printer then, but... I I would actually I got to the point where I um, stopped buying printer cartridges and I just bought new printers because they were cheaper. Oh, man, what a wasteful yeah. world we live in. I know, but hey, you know, capitalism. <laughs> Destroy it, please. Um, do you do you have anything else uh, in this vent that we should discuss? We got yeah. It ends right when the lighter goes on, or yep. it flicks the lighter, and then do the the terrorists see it in this minute though, right? I think it's the next minute. Oh no, yeah, you're right. This next minute. Okay, so then we'll we'll save spoilers for story time for tomorrow. I'll tell everyone about the time when uh, I I stole a roll of toilet paper out of the school bathroom. Whoa! I'll have to edit that out, Joe. <laughs> I I never did that. Um, I wouldn't want that toilet paper. Have you? Have you ever? Well, I'll quickly ask this question: ventilation shafts. Yeah. Did you? I mean, I'm guessing this wasn't just me, but like, I remember when I was a child, I would go to like you know grocery stores and sort of like look up at those you know the giant open ventilation shafts that are in the grocery store, and just imagine climbing around in them. Yeah, my cat when I was a kid used to sometimes get in there. And climb around in the ventilation. in the ventilation shaft in my the one in our home yeah oh man I thought you meant like in the grocery store no like, don't take be... your cat well, to the grocery yeah, store yeah we'd have we'd have him strapped into the cart but sometimes he'd chew his way out <laughs> that darn cat <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> I, in hindsight I wish I would have made some some diehard jokes while I was chasing trying to get the like we actually. Uh, you should remind me of this in the, in the minute where he's like poking the bottom of the shaft. Yeah, with this gun, because we would have to do that to get the cat to run back towards the opening of the vent. So I had people tell me that someone told me that like if you ever see the inside of a real ventilation shaft, it's just tons of nails and stuff because they don't care. But then I started looking up like pictures of inside industrial ventilation shafts, and they look like they're all, like there's like spaces for filters, and they're way smaller. But there's not like crazy like prison nails in there and stuff. <laughs> Who told you that? I an unreliable person. Well, and also, like, why would we... So you're... First of all, that sounds like a ridiculous lie, but... (laughs) Second of all, your way of fact-checking was just to do a Google image search of the inside of ventilation shafts. Yeah, how else would I fact-check? Why would someone working on a ventilation shaft take a picture of it if they left all their nails in there? I don't know. It was just... Essentially, it was just saying that since, like... All that matters is air movement in there. When you're putting them up, you just like shoot nails and screws to there, and you don't care at all. Because, <laughs> but this that doesn't so make funny. any. Sense. Going into this, I was like, you know, I'm usually the one that takes the discussion way off the rails, <laughs> and we're doing this for another person, and, and I can tell they're taking it really seriously. So I was like, I'm I'm not gonna be as angry and ridiculous as I usually am. Mm-hmm. And you're telling stories about using someone else's printer. And how contractors leave the nails in ventilator shafts. Like, not, like, loose in there. Like, they don't just leave buckets of nails that are loose inside of it. But I mean, like, they just... Hey, like, Pete! <laughs> what? 
Did she dump that bucket of nails in the <laughs> shaft? We gotta go. <laughs> Quick, dump them. That way, if any criminals come through, they'll get they'll they'll stop them. Joe's cat keeps crawling around in there. <laughs> Throw some nails in. Oh, we should go. <laughs> we should. Um, uh, r- quick, quick business here. Um, we will be back um, tomorrow for another episode of Dired. You guys are stuck with us for four more episodes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can follow along at uh, Die Hard Minute on Twitter, DieHardMinute.com. There's stuff. If you enjoy uh, listening to people talk about a movie for half the time and just share. <laughs> tangentially related stories the other half of the time you should check out tombstone minute and titanic minute yep. uh it's a little like hvac professionals have to leave all their tools behind somewhere in your in your home for every job that's why it's so expensive because they have to rebuy their tool yeah. belt and all the tools that go with it yeah all tools don't matter for them mm-hmm. all right uh we'll be back tomorrow Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.